Hello, everyone. This is Jeffrey Kerr. A new production of the persecution and assassination of Jean-Paul Marat as performed by the inmates of the asylum of Sheraton under the direction of Marquis de Sade by Peter Weiss will be presented live and in person from July 23rd through August 8th at St. John's Metropolitan Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm here today with the director of the upcoming production. He has been a triangle-based theater maker for more than 20 years as an actor, stage manager, designer, music director, playwright, educator, arts journalist, and director with over eight dozen theater companies. He has directed productions for Seed Art Share, Sonoris Road, North Raleigh Arts and Creative Theater, and Bear Theater. He has also completed extensive training with theatrical intimacy education, is certified in mental health first aid, and holds a Master of Arts in Special Education from East Carolina University. Please welcome Dustin Barrett. Thank you so much, Jeffrey. It's so nice to be here. To start things off, how are you doing? I'm hanging in there. I'm doing pretty well. Things are going well with rehearsals, and I do well when I'm busy. So things are good because I'm very busy. And would you mind telling us about this upcoming production you're directing at St. John's Metropolitan Church? St. John's MCC has been kind enough to host our production of this play. The abbreviated title is Marat Saad, which is kind of what we say to not spend half an hour trying to say the title of the play every time we get into a conversation. So it is sort of a revamp of a production that came out in 2020 that Bear Theater produced that I directed. We were only able to run for one weekend because COVID hit and had to shut the show down, unfortunately. But a year and a half later, I've gathered together most of the same cast and we're at a new location with new staging and some new cast members and some new approaches to it in a new space. And we're excited to bring in a new rendition of it. So even for the people who were lucky enough to see it in 2020, they'll definitely get a new experience if they come back now. And how are rehearsals going? So currently we are still in the process of gathering back together to go through lines, to work through the songs, because it's been a year and a half since we've gotten together and worked through material. So far we've had several Zoom meetings to do some character work, get the language back in our bones, and we've gathered at my home a couple of times to do line throughs as well. In a few days we're actually going to be jumping back into the room together for real proper rehearsals, which Unlike most processes, we're actually starting with a run of the whole show to see where we are and what we remember. Usually that's not where you would begin, but we're only rehearsing for two weeks since most of it has been done before and the cast have done a lot of homework over this year and a half. As the whole world is slowly coming out of this pandemic, what does it mean to you to have this production presented to an in-person audience? First of all, when we closed the production in 2020, we We asked permission from the publisher to do a filmed version to broadcast or to live stream it. And the author, his estate declined. So we knew that in-person was going to be the way to go. I think that's turned out to be a blessing. This play is so dependent on being in the room with this group of people, with this group of inmates in the asylum and the people that supervise them. No one ever leaves the stage once they're there and the audience is surrounding the play. So 
we're all very much together. It's very intimate. The audience is aware that they're there and the cast knows the audience is there. And there's a lot of psychological and musical interaction. So doing it over Zoom, while my cast is incredible and could definitely portray their character successfully over Zoom, this is a piece that requires such close connection between the actors and each other as well as the audience and the characters. And these characters are very, very physical with each other. Also playing live music is very difficult to sync up online. So it's really had to be in person to make it work. And going back to the beginning, how did you first get started in the theater? I did my first play when I was five, as many of us did. Of course, you know, kindergarten, Christmas plays. And since then, I pretty much never stopped. I was very involved in theater in middle and high school. And then I left theater for all of my college experience because I was moving into education. I still work as a teacher in the daylight hours. And then while I was teaching, a friend of mine called and said, hey, there's an audition for this play coming up and you're very funny and goofy and silly and maybe you should come audition for this, which I was like, I have never done a community theater show. I've only done, you know, school shows. They said, come try it anyway. And I got in and I was like, oh, this must be very easy. I learned quickly that it was rare to get in a show. But after that, I just kept auditioning and auditioning and ended up on some boards of directors. And then I tricked a couple theater companies into letting me direct. And it's just kind of built and built and built from there. And I'm always looking for the next project. You've done quite a lot as a theater maker over the years. What made you want to try your hand at different aspects of this art form? Usually it came down to having a specific project idea I had in mind, and I would approach a company and say, hey, I would like to direct this. Or someone would come to me and say, hey, we need a stage manager for this production. Would you come and do that for us? So it's a combination of people needing me to do something, and I tend to say yes, or there being a role that I want to audition for or a play I want to direct. So I don't really compartmentalize myself very much in terms of, is this a directing? Is this acting? Is this stage managing? If it's a company of people that I want to work with and it's content that I love, I tend to want to jump in whatever way that I possibly can. I'll do lighting design. Kind of depends on what the project is. I have a large toolbox and um, I like to use the variety of tools when I can. And as someone who has covered theater as a journalist, what is it usually like for you when other people come to review a production you happen to be involved with? This is an incredible question. Before I was writing theater criticism myself, I never really paid any mind to theater criticism at all uh, before I was on stage. It never even occurred to me that reviews even really happened outside of, you know, the New York Times. So it wasn't until I started doing a couple of shows that I went, oh, there's reviews. And having small roles, I wasn't usually mentioned, but every now and then I would get a tiny little mention somewhere. And it was never hugely negative. So I never really had a negative reaction to the critics because no one ever came after me. But the more I have come to know the critics in the community and the directors and actors in the community, I have to try, just as any actor or director has to try, to not take it personally. Whether it's positive praise or a criticism, I have to either not read it or read it and say, okay, that's an observation. I'm going to move on with what I'm doing. It's very difficult not to take criticism personally. And it's very difficult not to want to change some of your practice based on that perception, especially when it's someone that you respect as a journalist. 
So it's difficult, but I try to remind myself that, you know, when you write a critique of a play, what are you looking for? And then I tell myself as an actor and director, oh, he's looking for the best that we can be, or she's looking for the best, or they're looking for the best that we can be. So I try to keep it positive. As an actor, I try not to read reviews. As a director, I usually do read reviews. Because as a director, the show's already set, and the review isn't going to make me change my practice. As an actor, I'm always worried that a critic will say something that will consciously or unconsciously make me adjust what I'm doing. Really interesting. I also happen to be someone who's, you know, interested in doing some more work for the theater beyond just covering it. I am interested in working behind the scenes, whether as a playwright, director, or anything. So I guess to any arts journalist who's interested in working in the theater themselves, what advice would you give them? Typically, what I see is it's the reverse, is that someone who's working in theater tends to want to start to get into arts journalism. Usually not the reverse. But for someone who is passionate about the arts and theater and passionate about writing about it, I would say what you have to be very careful of is making sure that the community you're practicing in, you're very clearly for yourself and for them drawing a line between what your professional role is in any production at any given time. And as an editor of a publication, Chatham Life and Style. A lot of my critics are actors, and we talk a lot about conflict of interest. I trust myself to be able to review a show that I auditioned for and didn't get and be very realistic and honest the way I would with any other one. However, I don't want the perception that maybe I auditioned for a show and didn't get it. And if the review is very negative, I don't want it to be perceived that I have some kind of vendetta against a theater, for example, or that I'm taking out my anger on them professionally. So I think part of the key is to make sure that anything you do passes the smell test with anyone looking at it and there's no question. So don't audition for things you plan to review. If you're working a lot with a theater company frequently heavily during a season, I wouldn't review their shows. If you've auditioned for a season wide at a company, I wouldn't review any of those shows. The best thing you can do is find theater companies in a nearby town or nearby theater community that you don't review in at all. So it really depends, but it's really case by case. You have to be very, very careful. But in terms of wanting to get involved in theater, the safest thing for a critic to do is to work behind the scenes, because that's usually not the kind of work that is critiqued as personally and as closely. So working behind the scenes and the creative element is probably, first of all, I think it's the best way to start getting involved in theater at all, is to start working behind the scenes in the creative process and learn the ins and outs of how a show functions and then stepping onto stage. But it depends on where your strengths are. And before we go, do you have any other upcoming projects that you'd like to share with us? Not anything that I can officially announce yet. Um, there is something that I'm going to be directing next summer in Henderson, and we're very excited about that. But the closest thing coming up is in two and a half weeks, we're going to open Marat Saad. And it is a fascinating, scary, shocking, funny, musical, twisted, nightmare dream. <laughs> and that's definitely got all of my attention at the moment. Well, Dustin, I thank you very much for devoting your time to this interview. It was great getting to talk to you. 
Thank you so much, Jeffrey. I'm so glad to be here. And for those who'd like to keep up with your career, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at DKBrit85. You can find me on Facebook as Dustin Britt. You can find me on Instagram at DKBrit85, kind of in all those places. And if you want to know what I'm currently working on, uh, you can look at MuratSa.com. All right. Thanks again for joining me today, Dustin. This was great. Thanks. As a reminder... Maraz Saad will be playing at St. John's Metropolitan Church in Raleigh, North Carolina from July 23rd through August 8th. You can find more information regarding the production through a link in the episode notes. If you love this show, please leave us a review. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash podcast and follow the simple instructions. Feel free to subscribe to wherever you get this podcast. If you'd like to find more content from me, please visit my website, which is www.carereviews.net. You can also find it on Twitter at CareReviews and me at Jeffrey Care. Thanks for listening, and I will see you all later.